So before I get into this, I just want to say one thing. I, um, I've been talking about this show, The American Horror Stories, uh, which is a spinoff of the FX original series. Um, it's on Hulu. They've been premiering these anthology-based episodes where each one is a little different uh, as it goes along. Originally, I thought it was meant to be that it had some sort of connection to its parent show, which the episodes, as they've gone along, doesn't really seem to express that. And I was always, the things I have researched, I have always seen that there um, have been six episodes that they were talking about. Uh, I was mistaken. There are actually seven. So the one that this week is not the last one, but the second to last one. And the one that just passed, called Ball, uh, I'm going to get into that now. But the one before this was not promising. I did not like the naughty list whatsoever. I thought it was um, a good concept, but just very poorly executed. You can check out my other entry if you want to hear more about that. But as far as Ball is concerned, what I'm happy about is that it feels to be kind of going back to the roots of what we wanted. What we wanted was things that had some sort of relative connection to things that had to do with the original show. So this would probably be the first one since the two-part episode, two-episode premiere of the show that really did dive into it, where Ball sl- kind of has a connection with Season 3 Coven. It's not plainly out there, but it's close enough to actually being that or set in that universe in a way because it has to do with witchcraft and totems and summoning demons and pagan rituals and things like that. So it has that connection. What is the story for Ball? So the story for Ball, and we finally get to see another American Horror Story alumni come back, Billy Lord is starring in this episode. She is a woman who has been trying to get pregnant with her husband. They have gone through um, what's called uh, IVF treatment, uh, which is in vitro um, treatments in, um, at a fertility center. Uh, I'm going to get into a little bit of the, the personal stuff that I feel with that in a, in a second. And what they're doing is they're trying to do, and they've been unsuccessful in trying to have a child. After like the fifth cycle of trying to do it and it's unsuccessful... As she's going to leave, the character Liv, played by Billy Lord, gets given a gift from the receptionist. And she says, here, take this totem, put it under your bed when you have sex, and it should help you have a son in some way, shape, or form. There's nothing that has to be done, just have it, put it under your bed. So they do that. And then there's a big time jump of, I think, like 16 months or something, a year and a half, and she has a kid. And the kid's born, and they have a nanny and whatnot, because the character Liv is rich. She inherited, like, millions of dollars from her dead grandfather or something, and the husband is uh, trying to be an actor, and he's only getting, like, side character roles, so she's kind of supporting the family while he goes out and tries to be an actor. And 
of course, being that the child is now born and he's kind of gotten a little bit older, not too much older, he's only like six or seven months, but weird stuff starts happening in the house. And it apparently has some sort of connection with the totem and what she's seeing on like in the house is making her go crazy. So the husband takes her to uh, see a specialist because they think she's suffering from postpartum depression. Which is very likely because she went through a lot to get to this point where she actually has a family. She wanted to have a baby, she wanted to have it natural, and she's finally done it. But now she's thinking that she can't raise this baby and she's seeing things in her house. And the specialist who, who's trying to help her is trying to get her to kind of feel differently or kind of approach situations differently and get her to not like get into that depressive state where she thinks she's hallucinating, I guess you could say. I'm not going to 100% ruin it, but let's just say that it don't work out. Actually, maybe I can ruin it because it's already been out for a couple of days. And it really, the, the ending really has to be, has to, has to explain why I actually do appreciate this a little bit more than at the previous episode. I'm holding Ball up to the same level as what I hold Driving up to, where they're probably the best ones of the show so far. Though... Drive-In is still better because Ball's ending is a little bit out there. The thing is, is that Ball could have been a completely separate season. They crunched this story into 50 minutes, but you could have easily taken in each individual, like, portion of plot device and made it its own episode. Especially the fact that it, ha it has three twists, and that's pure American Horror Story fashion. You never know what the actual ending is. What you think is the ending, you're like, wait, this is only episode 7. There's 10 episodes. This can't end now. So you're going to have three more episodes. And each one of those has an ending that's going to make you think it's the ending. And that's exactly what this episode gives you. It gives you a whole season packed into one less than an hour episode. Truthfully, it probably would have been better if they did make it its own season and kind of have it be where it is connected in some way, shape, or form to Coven a little bit more. Because you you can have that opening when you have more room to grow with a show that's many episodes long over this one less than an hour episode. But what they do do well is just keeping to those roots, and it's probably the first time this show does that. Regardless of the first two that have a direct connection to Murder House, that's, that's all well and good. Drive-In is a great story. Naughty List? Sucked. Sucked flat out. Ball is just exactly what you were looking for in this show, especially for me being a fan. And when you get that finally this far into the season, this far into the show's run... And it's the first time they're doing this kind of runoff. It's, it sucks that we had to wait this long to get something that gave you the feel of what you get from the actual show. So now let's talk about the, the three twists. Twist number one. It turns out that the guy she's married to was in this long con to screw her out of her millions. And all the stuff that she thinks she's seeing is actually set up by like five of his friends. One of them being the receptionist at the fertility center. So once you discover that and you discover, oh, there really isn't any demon. There really isn't any 
totem curse or whatever. That nobody wants the the child or anything like that. You start to go, oh, so maybe this isn't connected to Coven. Then, two minutes later, boom, Ball shows up and murders everybody except for the husband. Now, right before this happened, she was trying to expel the demon with a spell that the um she went to go talk to the 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 receptionist who gave her the totem and and the and the receptionist gave her this book where she could have a banishing spell well that really wasn't a banishing spell it was a summoning spell however during the process of trying to do that spell she winds up stabbing the husband and going into an insane asylum to fix herself because she thought that there was really something wrong with her now while she's in the insane asylum she does the ritual again and summons the demon ball and the demon ball is now trapped in her spell you know and to say in as cheap in as layman words as possible so then the demon goes kills all of them except the husband the husband's the only one left alive with like four or five dead bodies he gets put in jail for their murder because you know he's the only one left alive he's the only suspect so they put him away for murder he admits to all the wrongdoings he did to the to live and gets her released she goes and sees him in prison and he spills the beans about how what he was doing and she's like okay you could rot in prison now so that's twist number two, is how she gets out and this guy and everybody gets murdered. So you're led to believe that when she goes back to the house, Ball's going to show up. Because you don't know that she has him trapped. So Ball shows up while she's um, at the house with the baby. And then that's where she explains that she used the spell as a summoning spell to trap Ball and use him for like to her will. And then the very ending is her going from this very timid and nervous Nancy in a way... To wanting the, f- the demon to basically give her another child, and it ends with the demon encompassing her in his wings to kind of signify that they have sex. And that's the third twist, is that she took such a turn that she's willing to bang a demon to get another baby after all the shit she just went through. So, it's a little far-fetched, it's a little annoying that they are kind of... they they They're, they're fucking with your ability to be a critical thinking person when you're watching this and realize, yeah, okay, it is fantasy, but let's let's look at the process of everything that just happened. Not only was she screwed by her husband, not only did she just went through this such traumatic time where she thought that her home was possessed and the and there was a demon that wanted to steal her child, but you're going to tell me that within two days she went from that to just like, okay, yeah, it's actually real. And I want to fuck it. Like, why is that how you wanted to end this? It should have just ended with a little bit more of a, an actual expression of who she was as the rest of the episode. Because how she's portrayed in the very ending doesn't match what we saw for the rest of the episode. And that's annoying. It's upsetting because it is a really good twist to know that she kind of was able to conjure the demon. But you're telling me that she just went from that to just being completely sane and completely comfortable with everything enough that she wants demon dick? Like, that's dumb. That That's poor 
that's poor um, decision-making on whoever's part it was to add that third twist in there. The first two were perfect. When the demon pops out of nowhere, when you, you find out that it's all a scam and whatnot, and they almost got away with it, all of that is great. But that last five minutes, not even, maybe the last three minutes, is kind of where it lost me. Everything leading up to it is perfect, though. And it is really true to American Horror Story, especially the season three, Coven. It's very connected to that, and it gives you that feeling throughout the episode. And that's why I wish maybe they would have saved this as another season. Maybe, like, calling it, like, Coven 2 or something. I don't know. Or maybe just where, like, this... We haven't seen anybody besides Billy Lord from the original... Um, series. I mean, maybe one or two other ones, but not as big as Billy Lord. Like, Billy Lord's been a big deal in American Horror Story, just as much as um, Evan Peters has been. But you haven't seen Evan Peters in here, and you're going to tell me that you would put him in an episode and not make it a big deal of whatever character he's supposed to be or whatever universe you're supposed to set him in. Which, it doesn't look like Evan Peters is in any of this, and I did, I don't, I remember them saying that he wasn't supposed to be, but wasn't, what's her name? This is going to bother me. There was somebody who was supposed to be in the series. Sarah Paulson. That's who it is. Sarah Paulson. She is supposed to be in the series in some shape or form. We're getting up to the last two episodes. If you look at the roster for the actors in those last two, she's nowhere to be found. Maybe they're hiding her. I don't know. I know they were talking about Danny Trecho at the beginning of the show, and then he popped up as Killer Sander in the last episode. Again, really bad episode that was, and it's really upsetting that Danny Trecho happened to get that story. But I digress. What's nice is that it's still kind of trying to bring you back with this one. Maybe they knew that they might lose some people with episode four, but they knew they would get them back with five. So they have my attention again, and it took me a couple of days to really, like want to give them the ch the shot and i i finally sat down and watched ball and i was like okay now i'm interested i want to see what the next two have to have to bring me because we have these two coming up and that's going to be the end of the series now and then double feature is meant to premiere double feature is meant to premiere end of this month yeah, end of this month. So we have the last two episodes, and then it's going straight into double feature. Which is why I always thought that Drive-In was some way, shape, or form meant to be connected to double feature. Because you think about it, double feature, Drive-In movie, it just makes sense. But again, they, they haven't connected any other episode to anything else besides the first two being connected to Murder House. And this is the closest we got to something somewhat connected to another season, being that it's connected to Coven. So maybe that's another reason why it kind of was a little more appealing to me. Coven's one of my favorite seasons, and I appreciated this episode. The ending, though, was really poor, and I really wish they kind of just left it at the first two twists, or changed up that third one to make it a match a little bit better with the entirety of the episode. That's just me, you know. I, I don't know how other people feel about it. There might be people out there that loved The Naughty List. You know, I'm not a person who loved The Naughty List. I thought The Naughty List was garbage. I don't think this is garbage. I just think it could have ended better.